what would you do if you no longer felt sick and tired? What if you woke up every day feeling amazing in your body and in your life? How would your life be different? You and your body are capable of incredible things. You have the power to heal. You just need the right tools and support. If you're ready to heal your body and feel amazing, tune into the Heal Your Body Show with host Dr. Jamie Gillum. Welcome to the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum, and today we're talking about shrink, stubborn belly fat. That's the title of this show. And I know many of you signed up for the live show, so I know you're out there listening and welcome. I hope that this podcast is extremely helpful for you in understanding why we tend to accumulate fat in the midsection and for you to understand what you can do about it is crucial. And that first step is really understand understanding what's going on in your body. And also make sure you check out all of the other podcasts that we have available. We really focus on empowering you with knowledge and helping you get the results you're trying to achieve with your health and wellness. So here's the deal. I do so many consults and the number one complaint is belly fat. And on top of that, the next complaint would be chronic fatigue and then overall struggle with weight management. And then low libido would be the next in line when it comes to the most common complaints that people have when they contact me. And there's a lot that is misunderstood when it comes to fat and the accumulation of fat. We have subcutaneous fat. This is fat that is underneath your skin. Uh, you can typically palpitate it. And then we have visceral fat, which is surrounding your organs, your liver, your heart, your intestines. This is a deeper fat and it is not something that you could palpitate. Uh, but the problem with visceral fat is this kind of fat puts you at higher risk for many diseases and it puts your health at risk. It puts you at risk for dying at a much earlier age. And we don't talk about it enough. Visceral fat is much more metabolically active than subcutaneous fat. And it also is not as responsive to calorie deficit. And many people just think fat is fat. And that's simply not true. If you're struggling with visceral fat, Listen, subcutaneous fat and visceral fat, there is a normal amount that is completely healthy. We need fat um, to protect our organs and, you know, fat has value as part of our overall body composition, uh, but too much subcutaneous fat or visceral fat, both can lead to health problems, but visceral fat is so stubborn when it comes to calorie deficit. So what a lot of people find, they'll start trying to uh, lose fat, they'll start working out, they'll start eating better, and they'll start losing weight, but they just have this stubborn belly fat that just won't go away. And often it's because it is visceral fat and it is accumulating because of something going on in the body or because of lifestyle. 
And there are also some things that are misunderstood and misconstrued as being belly fat when in all actuality, it's actually a protrusion of the abdomen. So some things that can cause an excess of belly fat and especially visceral fat are things like menopause. If you have a lack of estradiol, progesterone, testosterone, this is going to affect your fat storage. And this is why we see so many women when they hit 35 plus, they start going through perimenopause and beyond, they start gaining weight in their midsection. And they're like, what is going on? I have not changed anything with my diet or my exercise routine, but I am gaining weight and it's mostly in my midsection. This is typically because they are starting to accumulate visceral fat and they also can see an increase in subcutaneous fat as well. And menopause will also affect muscle and fat distribution. So not only the type of fat that you're storing, and where you store it, but also the distribution of muscle and fat. And then also menopause will affect your ability to build and maintain lean muscle. So if you are losing muscle, which is common as you enter into your later years in life, we typically lose three to 8% of muscle, lean muscle tissue every decade once we hit 30. Uh, the more lean muscle tissue you are losing, uh, the the more you're going to have an increase of fat. And we typically, again, see this in later years in the midsection. Now, on top of this, not only menopause, but any hormonal condition can cause an increase of belly fat. And if you have a problem with stress and you have an adrenal issue, your cortisol is very high, this can lead to an excess of belly fat as well. And one of the biggest problems is you can exercise and diet all you want to, but if you're not fixing what's going on internally, if you're not addressing the hormonal deficiencies with menopause or the excess of cortisol, if you're struggling with a lot of stress and listen, when it comes to stress, you may not recognize that you are under stress. Um, that could be physical stress. It could be emotional stress. And many people are just used to the amount of stress that they face day to day. They may not even recognize that they have an issue with high cortisol and you've got to fix the issue if you're dealing with high cortisol. And high cortisol is also something that can occur because of menopause, because of that deficiency in estradiol, testosterone, and progesterone. Now, on top of this, there are other things that can cause problems with excess belly fat. Obviously, genetics play a role in where you store fat. Um, also excessive alcohol consumption, excessive sugar, added sugar intake. And this is a problem in our society today. Many people are unaware of how much added sugar they are consuming each day. And when you are consuming too much added sugar or too much of refined carbohydrates, all of your box foods that are high in refined carbohydrates and also added sugars and many other additives, this can create insulin resistance, which will cause an excess of belly fat. Uh, and again, that's where we see an accumulation of visceral fat. 
Also, if you have any kind of liver issue uh, or gut issue, this can create a problem with your midsection. Many people have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and this is affecting one in three to four Americans, and this will create an issue with a protrusion in the belly uh, or with an accumulation of belly fat. Also, if you're struggling with SIBO, which is uh, small intestinal a bacterial overgrowth, or if you have an H. pylori infection or any kind of bacterial infection in the gut, guess what? Not only is this going to create more problems when it comes to visceral fat uh, accumulating, but also it can cause your belly to protrude because you've got a gut issue. Also, if you have a parasitic infection, if you have a fungal infection, with reproductive conditions like endometriosis or other reproductive issues. If you get ovarian cysts, if you are struggling with pain uh, during your menstrual cycle, all of these things can cause protrusion in the abdomen. So sometimes you may think, oh my goodness, I've got an issue with belly fat, but it's actually a protrusion due to what's going on in the midsection underneath your skin, right? And on top of this, we see often that people who are dehydrated can struggle with a lot of bloating. Many people aren't drinking an adequate amount of water each day. They're not hydrating properly. And also, if you have certain conditions like tumors, right, if there's a tumor growth, women who have ovarian cancer, and these are some more serious conditions, but there are many things that will cause issues in the midsection, and it's not necessarily just fat. There's something going on underneath. Also, if you're not getting adequate sleep, so sleep apnea is something that I think is often overlooked when people are struggling with their weight and especially when they're struggling with belly fat. If you are struggling with sleep apnea, this directly impacts your visceral fat. And we see people who struggle with sleep apnea, they have higher amounts of visceral fat. So make sure that if you notice that you wake up in the morning feeling extremely tired and if you know that you're stopping your breathing throughout the night, my husband used to record me because I would stop breathing and he thought it was funny. And at the same time, it made him nervous. Um, but I have sleep apnea, I have moderate sleep apnea, but be self-aware because you may need to get tested for sleep apnea because these things absolutely impact not only your body composition and your body weight, your fat storage, but also how you feel. And you don't want to feel like crap, right? On top of this, smoking can also cause belly fat. If you're eating a lot of high trans fats foods, if you're eating a lot of fried foods, a lot of unhealthy fats, this can contribute to more accumulation of fat in your midsection. And if you are sedentary, if you're not moving much, this can create a problem as well. And then obviously, on top of this, there's a couple of things I say obviously, but many people aren't aware. If you have an interior pelvic tilt where uh, your pelvis is rotated 
and it's rotated anteriorly, this can create a protrusion of your belly. And this will cause you to feel like you are accumulating belly fat, but it's actually because of a pelvic tilt issue that needs to be corrected. And many women suffer with anterior pelvic tilts. And typically on top of feeling like your belly is protruding, you'll also have some low back pain with that as well. You might have some upper back pain and some hip flexor issues along with that. Now, on top of anterior tilts, another thing that is very common that is mistaken as belly fat is diastasis recti. And diastasis recti, this is where you have split abs. And we have our rectus abdominis, and these are two sheets of abs. And people think everybody has a six pack, and that's not actually true. Underneath the layer of fat, you are either born with a four pack, a six pack, or an eight pack. Um, in rare cases, there might be a 10 pack, um, but you've got your rectus abdominis. And then there's a separation uh, by bands that go down the rectus abdominis. And this dictates how many, uh, how, how much of a pack you have, right? So both sides of your rectus abdominis are held together by a thin sheet called the linea alba. And from too much internal pressure from the inside, uh, this can become too lax. And then you have split abs. And I actually have a patient right now. She was so stressed. She's like, I don't know what's going on with my stomach, but it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And we did a telehealth screening and she actually has diastasis recti. It is not belly fat. And we did a simple test, which you can do at home to determine this. And what's happening is she's having something called coning. And this is because she has split abs. Now, every woman who delivers a baby will have diastasis recti postpartum. And then many women uh, go on to have problems with diastasis recti. And there are other causes of diastasis recti as well. Children can have it, men can have it, but it is a protrusion uh, from the belly. And you typically have this coning, especially if you try to do a abdominal work and contract your abs, there will be this coning that happens where basically the insides are protruding uh, through the space between both sides of your rectus abdominis. So that's important that you check if you are concerned that you're having problems with belly fat and your belly is distended, that you have these things checked. Also, if you have a hernia, this is another reason why you would have protrusion in the belly. And then the last thing I want to mention before we go to break a lot of women and men as well can have loose skin and they will often think that it is fat and it's actually loose skin from having babies, from gaining and losing weight rapidly. And a lot of that also just depends on genetics and your, your skin elasticity. So sometimes I have to tell women, look, no matter how much weight you lose, this is not going to go away. Uh, this is excess skin. Some women will have a whole pooch uh, that is just excess skin. And in those cases, if they want 
uh, to remove that, that would require surgery. So I think the bottom line here is understand what you're actually dealing with when it comes to what's going on in your midsection. If you're struggling with protrusion, if you're struggling with fat, um, understand what exactly is going on because that determines what the best approach is when it comes to getting the results that you're trying to achieve. So we're going to go to our first commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk more about belly fat and what you need to do if you are struggling uh, with your midsection and it's just really causing frustration for you. My name is Dr. Jamie Gillum on the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Healing your body goes beyond simply taking medication to alleviate symptoms. While medications have their place in healthcare and can be essential in managing certain conditions, healing involves total body care. While not all health conditions can be healed, symptoms can be managed with the right approach. Integrative medicine considers not only the physical body, but also your mind and soul. Instead of just surviving, why not feel amazing and actually thrive? Dr. Jamie Gillum empowers you with tools to do just that. Tune into the Heal Your Body Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Heal Your Body Show with Dr. Jamie Gillum. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to jamie at jgwellnessclinic.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum on the Heal Your Body Network. And today's topic is shrink stubborn belly fat. So here's the deal. We talked in the first segment about causes of belly fat and protrusion of the midsection and also the difference between subcutaneous and visceral fat. And here's the thing that you have to understand, because this is something that I see all over social media. And this has been going on for decades now, uh, where people advertise things that are promising you that you're going to get fantastic results. Um, I see women showing ab work uh, routines that are supposed to flatten your belly and people selling detox teas and waist trainers and all different kinds of things. And the reality is, first of all, when it comes to ab workouts, if you think 
that you are going to shrink belly fat by doing ab workouts, you are going to be disappointed because number one, there is no such thing as spot reduction and you cannot just target an area of the body when it comes to fat loss. You don't get to choose where your body loses fat from first. Uh, it decides. And on top of that, if you're dealing with visceral fat, that's a much more internal game than it is an external game, right? And while core work is effective when it comes to core stability and core strength, it is not very effective at giving you results when it comes to the aesthetics of your midsection. So when you are looking at trying to shrink belly fat, um, number one, when it comes to training, you need to do compound movements. Um, you need to make sure that you're moving your body, but compound movements are very effective. This is squatting, lunging, deadlifting, because you have to engage your core in order to get through the movement. And many people don't do isolated ab work at all and maintain very defined abs. Now, on top of this, if you are going to do core work, you need to make sure that you do not have diastasis recti uh, because you will make it worse. And when it comes to diastasis recti, which I mentioned in the first segment, because you have split abs, when you are doing more and more core work, it can make the diastasis worse. And depending on the grade of diastasis, some people can actually heal it with corrective exercise. And some people, based on the grade, cannot. They need surgery to repair it. Um, but you want to make sure that you're not dealing with diastasis recti. Uh, if you want to go to my website after the show, I will post the at-home assessment, how you can assess for diastasis. Uh, it's something that's very overlooked in conventional medicine, in holistic care, also in training. Uh, many fitness trainers just simply are not aware of the condition. Uh, if you are going to do core work and you know that you don't have a problem with diastasis recti. You also want to make sure you don't have a hernia. Uh, you want to make sure that you're performing the exercises correctly. And many people simply do not. They do not know how to properly engage their core. And again, I don't believe that core work is necessary for aesthetics, but it can definitely help with stability and core strength. Uh, you have core muscles, uh, which are much more than just your abdominal region, by the way. Your core is your shoulder girdle uh, down even into your quadriceps and hamstrings. They play a role in your core. Uh, so it's really your entire trunk when we talk about the core. Uh, so when you properly do core training, it's not just about targeting the midsection and you have to burn calories, a significant amount of calories and be in a calorie deficit to be able to lose fat in the first place. And then especially if you're trying to lose belly fat, that's going to come with time as you're in a consistent calorie deficit, if it is subcutaneous fat. And then with visceral fat, we'll talk about treatment available so that you can reduce your overall visceral fat. Now, on top of this, 
nutrition absolutely matters. A lot of people say abs are made in the kitchen. This is absolutely true. Uh, so even if you are working out, even if you're in a consistent calorie deficit, if your diet is containing a lot of added sugars, refined carbohydrates and alcohol, um, a lot of unhealthy fats, these things will contribute uh, negatively towards your results. Uh, so the more you can focus on whole quality nutrition, uh, the more you're going to see overall fat loss. And over time, you'll see a change in belly fat. So when it comes to visceral fat, what do you do? So I am very much about total body care and total body evaluation. And listen, if you take a detox tea and you're like, oh my gosh, I lost seven pounds and my stomach is flat. Well, that's because you dehydrated yourself and you pooped everything out. So yes, for a short period of time, your stomach may be flatter and the scale might have shown a decrease in your overall body weight, but that's not going to be sustainable. And that has nothing to do with belly fat. You didn't lose any fat. Um, and I think that that's something that's very misunderstood. I saw a lady do a video on social media and she said she did a three day water fast and she lost all of this body fat. She couldn't believe it. And I'm like, no, you're just dehydrated and you need to eat some food. The minute that she started eating food again, she likely or without a doubt, I know that she gained weight um, because there's a huge difference between water weight and body fat. Now, when it comes to visceral fat, visceral fat is also an inflammatory driver. And this is something to understand, because if you have a high amount of visceral fat, you also have a high amount of inflammation. And we see this in lab work. Um, so there are things that we see in lab work that indicate that somebody has a higher amount of visceral fat. And this is going to be things like high cholesterol. So high triglycerides, which point to nutrition behaviors and also metabolic issues. And then high LDL, which high LDL is typically due to an underactive thyroid or due to inflammation in the body. We commonly see it with menopause as well. Uh, menopause is a big driver of inflammation. Also, we can see it in liver enzymes. If your liver enzymes are elevated and we can see it in a thyroid panel, if your reverse T3 is high, this is a sign of inflammation, which will also point to high visceral fat. And if your fasting glucose and fasting insulin are high, this is an indication of insulin resistance. In some cases, based on the lab value, it indicates type 2 diabetes. And this will also point to you having more visceral fat. Um, also on top of this, if your CRP, your C-reactive protein, this is an inflammatory marker and your liver produces CRP in response to inflammation. If that is high, it's an indication of excess visceral fat and also homocysteine. Homocysteine is another marker if it's an inflammatory marker and if it's high, this is also a screen for MTHFR. 
and this is a methylation problem where you don't methylate B12 and B9 properly. This is important when we're talking about belly fat, because if you have a methylation problem, B12 and B9 are important for more than 300 metabolic processes in the body. And if you're struggling with methylation, you likely are going to be struggling with an excess of belly fat. And there are other indications in lab work as well, uh, but those are the big ones that will tell me when I'm evaluating labs that you likely are dealing with some excess visceral fat. Um, and, and it's kind of a hamster wheel, right? So when we talk about insulin resistance and visceral fat, for example, it's which came first. And when we're talking about weight management and somebody struggling with their weight, it's which came first, the problems within the body, or did the excess weight cause the problems? So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? Many people just assume this person's overeating and under-exercising and cause all these problems, but that's not always the case. Often it starts from what's going on internally, and genetics play a huge role, and I think we don't give a lot of attention to genetics. And also within hereditary factors are genetics. So hereditary factors are important because it's not just about your genetic makeup, but it's also about behaviors that you learned from the people who raised you, from the people that you've been surrounded with, and behaviors that you've created based on your environment, based on your stress, based on the way other people behave. And so when we're talking about nutrition and the way we eat and the things that we choose to consume and also exercise, those are learned behaviors and also behaviors that we create as coping. And so we have to understand these things if we truly want to get to the bottom of why somebody is struggling. So be mindful of that. You've got to take a hard look at yourself, your body, and then figure out what you need to implement to create change. And it is not an, an overnight process, right? So if you're saying, Jamie, I am doing everything and I just have this belly, it won't go away. It's not going to be you going to the gym and doing ab workouts three days a week. And, you know, next week you're going to all of a sudden have a six pack. That's not how it works. You have to have all pieces to the puzzle and you have to treat both internally. And then you have to apply your treatment and also your nutrition exercise and your stress sleep management. All of that matters when we are trying to achieve a body composition and also when we are trying to feel good. So we're going to go to our next commercial break. When we come back, we are going to lay it out what you need to do. So grab a pen and some paper or something you can take notes with. And we're going to talk about all the things you need to know so that you can get results in this next segment. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum on the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. Healing your body goes beyond simply taking medication to alleviate symptoms. While medications have their place in healthcare and can be essential in managing certain conditions, healing involves total body care. 
While not all health conditions can be healed, symptoms can be managed with the right approach. Integrative medicine considers not only the physical body, but also your mind and soul. Instead of just surviving, why not feel amazing and actually thrive? Dr. Jamie Gillum empowers you with tools to do just that. Tune into the Heal Your Body Show Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is the Heal Your Body Show with Dr. Jamie Gillum. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to jamie at jgwellnessclinic.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the Heal Your Body Show. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum on the Inspired Choices Network, and we are talking about shrink stubborn belly fat today. And here's the deal. So if you're struggling, number one, do you have any underlying health conditions? And are you in menopause? These things matter. Have you had a hysterectomy? Um, are you dealing with primary ovarian insufficiency? Are you struggling with premature menopause, which is not very common, but happens. And many women are just unaware of the changes that are happening within their body. We're just not really taught a whole lot about menopause. And, you know, many women are just told to grin and bear it. It's a part of life, but it absolutely will disrupt your body and it will disrupt your mental health as well. And this is important to understand. Um, are you dealing with a gut issue? Are you dealing with a liver issue? We need to be doing things to support our gut, to support our liver and our body as a whole. And it's very difficult with our food sources today and with more of us being sedentary today to get in adequate nutrients and to move as much as we should be moving. So you, you've got to evaluate what's going on in your body and in your life. So number one, make sure if you have a diagnosed condition, it's properly treated. And this means if you have an autoimmune disease, you need to be treating the autoimmune problem. If you have hypothyroidism, you need to be properly medicated on the right medication and the right dosing for an optimal thyroid. And if you're in menopause, you need either hormone support, meaning you're supporting the body and trying to alleviate symptoms caused by the deficiency in certain hormones, or you can do hormone replacement. There's also holistic care uh, to support the body in menopause with things like DHEA, progesterone cream, adaptogens, uh, but you have to be evaluated to be uh, sure, if you are a candidate for hormone replacement based on your medical history. And on top of this, when it comes to your gut, a quad biotic, I recommend. 
everybody should be doing something for gut support and a quad biotic uh, this is using multiple strains of good bacteria and uh, also you can do fermented foods uh, like kimchi i love kimchi uh, also pickles uh, any kind of fermented food apple cider vinegar is another great probiotic um, it's $5 for a big bottle and it lasts you a very long time. Just make sure if you are using apple cider vinegar that you dilute it in water because it is very acidic. And I see a lot of people shooting apple cider vinegar and it can burn your throat. It can burn your esophagus and people actually end up in the hospital from apple cider vinegar and people have no idea that you could have this complication using apple cider vinegar. You can also drink lemon water in the morning. This is helpful for digestion. And I'm not saying that these things are going to magically help you lose weight. Okay. So don't, um, don't get that from these suggestions. What I'm saying is these things help with your gut and support your gut. Your gut is like your second brain. And if you're having a gut issue, you are going to have issues with bloating. You're going to have issues with digesting food properly. You're going to have issues with your hormones, with your vitamin and mineral levels. You're going to have trouble clearing systemic infection. The same is true for your liver. If you want to support your liver, milk thistle is a great supplement for supporting the liver, also burdock root, and there's also turmeric. Turmeric is an anti-inflammatory. It's also very beneficial for the liver and dandelion root. Now, if you have a ragweed allergy, these uh, things, milk thistle, burdock root, dandelion, these are from the ragweed family. And so if you have a ragweed allergy, you do not want to use these for liver support. There's also something called tuca, which is very beneficial in supporting the liver. So you can use these things uh, for preventative care to support the liver. You can also use them if you are aware that you have a fatty liver, if you are dealing with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, if your liver enzymes are high. Uh, however, I don't recommend that you just go out and buy a bunch of supplements and start taking them without a proper evaluation. Uh, this is not medical advice. And I know a lot of people suggest a lot of different supplements online, but some things people should not take based on their medical history. And then you always want to make sure that you're not overlapping with supplements. I see this a lot where people are taking like 10 supplements and they are stacking ingredients and they don't recognize that they're called different names. So they're overdosing on certain things. Um, I like LVR by Pure Encapsulations. That is the liver support that I use. So I use a quad biotic and then I use a liver support as well. And on top of this, a multivitamin, which will help you get your nutrients, right? Uh, we do not get adequate nutrients from our food supply anymore. 
So doing a multivitamin, uh, some people like to do shakes that are loaded with vitamins and minerals. You can do that as well. And I recommend a multivitamin that has methylated B12 and B9. This is cobalamin and uh, folic acid. It should say methyl or some type of methyl around it. Um, this is so that if you have MTHFR, if you have one of the two gene mutations that we are concerned about and you don't methylate properly, you don't have to worry about that. Um, you don't want to take any vitamins uh, that contain synthetic uh, B12 and B9 that aren't methylated because that's going to create a problem for you if you have MTHFR. Now, on top of this, when it comes to your nutrition, focus on quality protein. You need protein. Protein is satiating. It also helps you build and maintain lean muscle. And I recommend that you build your meals around protein. And then on top of this, make sure you get adequate fiber. Many people are not getting adequate fiber, and this will result in constipation. And if you're constipated, guess what? This is another reason why your belly may be protruding because you're just full of poop. So you should be pooping one to two times a day. And some people are pooping more. That's great. Um, but if you're pooping once every other day, that's not enough. This is a way that you are ridding the body of toxins. This also impacts hormonal health. And you want to be peeing, pooping, and sweating. These are drainage pathways. And constipation is a problem for so many people because they're not getting adequate fiber. And also your hormones play a role. Your thyroid function plays a role in how how often you are pooping. So be mindful, 25 grams of fiber a day minimum is what is recommended. And you don't necessarily have to track this. If you are consuming plenty of leafy green vegetables, you are getting adequate fiber. Uh, you can also take a fiber supplement if you prefer. Uh, that's helpful. And I just drink a green juice. So I buy a big bottle of green juice and I drink that on a daily basis, not the whole bottle, um, but I have about an eight ounce glass of it a day, or sometimes I mix it in my shake. And that just helps me get adequate fiber along with the rest of my diet, which is mostly meat, seafoods, and lots of veggies. And then I moderate everything else. So within your diet, what you want to be mindful of, you want to be limiting added sugars, you want to be limiting all of your refined carbohydrates, so you want to limit box foods, packaged foods, and all of your foods that are very high in sugar. And this is going to help you tremendously. And one of the ways that I control a lot of my sugar cravings, number one, being on a probiotic is helpful um, because when your gut is healthy, this will help tremendously with your cravings. But also I drink a protein shake a day and uh, sometimes I have a protein bar, but this helps me when I want something chocolate, instead of grabbing like a Kit Kat, I just grab a protein bar or a protein shake. 
And when you are trying to determine on what you should buy, you want to make sure that if you're buying protein bars, number one, you shouldn't be living on protein bars. Uh, they're just an assist, right, to give you a little bit of satisfaction and to give you some macros and nutrition. But you want to make sure that they're not high in sugar. Okay, because a lot of them will be very high in sugar. And you also want to make sure it's not a very high calorie bar. So my husband, one time we stopped at a gas station when we were on vacation and he got me a Gatorade bar. I said, hey, grab me a protein bar. He grabbed the Gatorade bar. He didn't look at it. Uh, I think it's all they had in the gas station. And I was like, I can't eat this. It was like 340 calories and it had 26 grams of sugar in it. And it was not something that I could eat um, for, for what my goal was, right? Uh, I could have eaten half of it, but I just stopped at the next gas station and got a bar that was about 200 calories and it had about eight grams of sugar and uh, the protein was was like 20 grams. So that was much, much better for a macro breakdown and the ingredients uh, were more comparable for what I needed. And when you're looking at shakes, same thing. You just want to make sure that it has adequate protein. I recommend 20 grams or more for a serving. And you want to make sure that the calories are in line with what your overall daily intake should be. And that if that's a snack or a meal, that you are able to get it in within your total daily calorie needs. Now, on top of this, when it comes to all of your additives, you want to try to avoid additives, right? A lot of Splenda, a lot of Stevia, and a lot of artificial ingredients can also really be detrimental to your gut health. And I'm not saying avoid that altogether. Um, I'm not a big fan of restriction to the point that you cannot manage. I personally just limit uh, soy, gluten, dairy, corn, and all of my added sugars. So if I want something like that, I have it in moderation. Um, the reason why I limit those things is because I have autoimmune disease uh, and I'm menopausal. I have hypothyroidism. So there are certain foods that I absolutely have to be aware of because it can make my health conditions worse. Um, but the bottom line is the more you're eating meats, seafoods, lots of veggies, some fruits, and you're limiting everything else, um, the, the more you're going to limit the things that can be uh, detrimental to your gut, to your liver, and cause all kinds of issues and also can increase belly fat. Now, on top of this, you have to be in a consistent calorie deficit. So if you are trying to lose all over body weight, uh, you're trying to lose body fat, you're trying to lose stubborn belly fat, treat what's going on internally, understand that certain supplements can be beneficial, and then you have to be in a consistent calorie deficit, which takes time, right? And this means you need to understand your basal metabolic rate. We calculate this based on your age, weight, height, and activity level. It's a calculation. It's not 100% accurate, especially if you have underlying health conditions. Basal metabolic rate is the minimum amount of calories your body needs to function. And everybody has a different basal metabolic rate based on many factors. So you calculate this and this gives you a ballpark of where you should be each day with your calorie intake. And then that is how we're able to figure out 
what you should be eating each day in terms of calories. So one person may need 1,700 calories a day. Another person may need 1,900 calories a day. And so it's important to understand what that calculation is and then base your nutrition off of that calculation. And then if you're not getting results, then it's adjusted. And then again, if you're not getting results, you may need to determine what is going on internally. And then when it comes to exercise, make sure that you are moving your body. Uh, most days of the week, you should be doing intentional movement, walking, getting 10 to 12,000 steps in a day. And you should be moving, picking things up, putting them down. And then when it comes to training, strength training is going to be best for your foundation. This is lift heavy, rest, lift heavy, rest. And this is heavy weight training. This is not a lot of reps and very low weight. That is muscular endurance training. So you want to do some strength training. And if you're just starting out, this may be two days a week and then you can progress from there. And this is going to help you build and maintain lean muscle mass, which is going to keep your BMR at a decent level. And this is also going to help with your muscle and fat distribution and also your fat storage. So you want to build and maintain lean muscle. And while you're strength training, when you're doing compound movements, you are also getting um poor work because you are having to stabilize through the movements. And also if you're doing something like bicep curls and you're standing, you're having to stabilize yourself while you're doing a bicep curl. So there's a lot of things that you can do uh, just with basic strength training that are going to impact your core strength and core stability. And then on top of that, if you want to add in isolated ab work, you just need to make sure that you do not have diastasis recti or a hernia or something going on where you need to be doing more of a corrective program versus something where you're trying to build your abs. The other thing when it comes to abs, if you are already lean and you are wanting a six pack, I recommend that you do weighted ab work and a lot of people are already lean but they they want to have a six pack and they've done a lot with nutrition they've done a lot with exercise they've evaluated everything and just adding some weight to your ab workouts can create because it's going to build the muscle and it's going to build your muscles out a little bit in the ab region right it's going to build your rectus abdominis um also your internal and external obliques but it will give you some of that definition you may be looking for because, again, your abs are muscles, just like every other muscle. So you can build them and uh, create the look that you're trying to get if you're already lean. Now, we're going to go to our commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap it up. My name is Dr. Jamie Gillum on the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back. Healing your body goes beyond simply taking medication to alleviate symptoms. While medications have their place in healthcare and can be essential in managing certain conditions, healing involves total body care. While not all health conditions can be healed, symptoms can be managed with the right approach. Integrative medicine considers not only the physical body, but also your mind and soul. Instead of just surviving, why not feel amazing and actually thrive? Dr. Jamie Gillum empowers you with tools to do just that. 
Tune into the Heal Your Body Show Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Heal Your Body Show with Dr. Jamie Gillum. To participate in this program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to jamie at jgwellnessclinic.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. Jamie Gillum on the Inspired Choices Network, and we are talking about shrink your belly fat today, your stubborn belly fat. And I just want to close with this. If you are struggling, you have to give your body time. And I want to make sure you understand that it is very normal to get frustrated with your body. And it's very normal when you're putting in a lot of effort to get frustrated because you're putting in effort and you're not getting results and you have to put an effort before you ever see results. You may start feeling more energy and feeling better if you're starting a health journey or a fitness journey. Um, but the body composition, the aesthetic part of it all, that takes time. And also make sure that whatever training plan you are following and whatever nutrition plan you are following, it is for your specific goals. I talked to two ladies at the gym today. They were frustrated because they're not losing weight. And I talked to them about their nutrition and training. And I said, what are you doing for nutrition? And the one lady says, we're doing keto. And I said, well, how many calories are you eating a day? And she said, well, we're just following the diet. We're just eating meat and cheese and these keto bar things. And I said, well, what's your basal metabolic rate? And they both were like, what the heck is that? So, you know, it doesn't matter if you're following paleo, keto, intermittent fasting, eating one meal a day, whatever it is, whatever branded diet it is. If you don't know how many calories you're consuming, you're shooting in the dark. You don't know if you're in a surplus, if you're in a maintenance, if you're in a deficit, right? And so you have to understand how many calories you need to create a consistent calorie deficit and on top of that, your training needs to be specific for your goals. And a lot of women go and do a lot of cardio. They do a lot of group fitness classes. And it's just kind of like throwing spaghetti to the wall and hoping it sticks. It's just not a plan to where, you know, if you're following the plan, you're going to get results within a certain time frame, right? It's a science, it's math. And then on top of that, make sure you get an evaluation. If you haven't had labs done, if you haven't had a proper evaluation of what's going on in your body, you need one because the first step is understanding yourself and your body so that you can make sure you are doing the right things and you have all pieces to the puzzle so that you can achieve what you are trying to achieve. Otherwise, you're just going to be frustrated and feel hopeless and like a complete failure. And we don't want that. We want to feel strong confident and powerful and we want to get the results that we are putting in all the effort for so if you need help let me know uh, you can reach out to me at jamie j-a-m-i-e at jgwellnessclinic.com you can also go to jgwellnessclinic.com you can book a consult there and we can talk about any labs that you've already had ordered we can talk about your symptoms your medical history and what you're trying to achieve and i appreciate you listening today if you would like um 
to reach out to me, make sure that you do. Also follow me on TikTok uh, and on Instagram. It's JG Wellness Clinic. It's Dr. Jamie Gillum. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next week here on the Heal Your Body Show on the Inspired Voices Network. Dr. Jamie Gillum returns Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, give your body the time and attention it deserves to unlock the power you have to heal your body.